The Sportzilla Show starts now. I am Lance Catamaran. I'm Clint Bobsky. Clint, of course, short for Cameron, which is what my father told me. And my father also told me to live your life to the fullest. Always get an oil change. Beware of time travel and buy shirts. How did we give this guy airtime? What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'll have each and every one of you know that I was a desk anchor in Utica, New York, for their local broadcast news for six weeks, six whole weeks, 36 days. And now I'm here, these amateurs. Get your- you don't get the show. Together. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Hi, Scoop. Hello, Friday, baby. What's up, blue guy? How are you? Matt, how are you? Good. Uh, he got a fresh haircut. Looks good. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't. It doesn't take much. I need one. You need one. Yeah. We were supposed to go like a, a week or two ago with the dude, with, with my son. Uh, what the hell happened that day? I had to work. Where was I? I think, didn't I? You went. I, went I, just, the... I just couldn't go. I had to work. It was a Saturday. I had to work. It was I in the morning. Stuff. Yeah. I had, I had a seven-hour day I had to put in on a Saturday. All right. We'll clean up. Your... Unfortunately. Clean up your do. Get a busy weekend in sports. Always seems to be this time of year. Syracuse Saturday, that's what we're focusing on as we open things up here on the Sportzilla Show. Off the short leash for now. Means we can talk basketball. Means we can talk football. Well, I think we start with basketball because they play first. Football games at four tomorrow against Louisville. A lightning fast Louisville team, according to Coach Babers. But I wrote down... Holy Cross got ahead of myself on the schedule. Clearly, we're playing Bucknell, ladies and gentlemen. Bucknell. I didn't even have to tell you that, but for some reason, I felt like breaking down the fourth wall again. Can we play Holy Cross again? I prepared to uh, talk about Syracuse Bucknell, but wrote Holy Cross. I don't know why. We'll move on, though. That's all right. I poked my I poked the bear for you. One of those days. It's a Friday. <laughs> uh... we, we got scoop. I mean, I expect to win. Don't you? Yes. You know, uh, it's it's Bucknell. They're a, a strong team in their league. Five straight championships in that league. Uh, they tied Colgate last year, the Patriot League. So they're they're strong in their league, but they're not as strong as Q's. Come on, not as uh, strong as an ACC level opponent. Got a two and three record. I saw that. Oh, they're the bison. I mean, they got that going for them, which is not the same as a buffalo. A buffalo and bison are two different animals. They're two different beasts. They are. There's really? not anything to do with basketball, but it's true. Look at Rain Man dropping the, the zoological knowledge here. I, I have none of that. Somebody told me that. They probably both taste good. I didn't research that. Somebody corrected me. I think I said something. Well, I always say something stupid. So I said something stupid, and somebody went, oh, did you know? Oh, see how smart I am? Did you know, in fact, that a buffalo and bison are not the same thing? You know who I think it might have been? One of his daughters. I was corrected. (laughs) I think it might have been, like, my nine-year-old, but she was, like, seven at the time, because I think she learned that in school. My youngest daughter, my youngest raindrop. Did you know that my foot will fit right in that? Oh! Well, my son told me this morning because he was trying to get, he was trying to pill for his fourth chocolate chip cookie after having already stolen three chocolate chip cookies after turning down numerous offers of different breakfasts. Your son is my spirit animal. He's this kid is four years old and he's just amazing. But he was he was stealth like a ninja 
trying to steal his fourth chocolate chip cookie. And I'm like, no, I caught him. No, more chocolate chip cookies, dude. You can't have chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. I don't know if I care as much as I don't want his mother to find out that that's what he had for breakfast. So he just stops dead in his tracks and he looks at me and he goes, you're not allowed to tell me no. You can't tell me no. I'm like, well, I'm your dad. I can tell you no. You can't tell me no. That's what he told me. So I gave him the cookie. He won. (laughs) He won. What was I going to do? Argue with that? It's four. Uh, Well... You had a better breakfast than I did. I had 14 cups of coffee. It's always a dance with the kids, you know? You're always just negotiating, essentially. There's no way around it. You try to bribe them into good behavior, bribe them into good decisions. Sometimes it works. Other times, you just go, have the damn cookie. And you know if you say, don't tell mom, the first thing he's going to do is tell mom. <laughs> he's going to tell his mom. No, I'm going to walk in the door later on tonight, and she's going to be like, did he have chocolate chip cookies for breakfast? No. I don't know. Did he? Did he steal? Maybe he stole. Did you steal chocolate chip cookies? Yeah, well, mom. yeah. I, yeah, yeah, mom. I had chocolate chip cookies for, 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 for birthday. He'll ad- breakfast. No, he'll admit to the three that he stole before I caught him. But dad said. But he will then throw me under the bus for the fourth cookie that I just I acquiesced and gave to him. But dad said I could, mommy. Yeah. Story of my life. It's a Friday. All right, we got Syracuse Saturday. Sportsilla show is underway. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm probably figuring this is a game where you're going to see Joe Girard and Buddy put up some points because of the I le- hope so. Because of the level of competition, I think they're going to be able to easily move the basketball. I think they're going to get their shots. It's a nice chance for some guys like maybe Jesse Edwards, who had a rough go of it last game, to maybe get on the positive side of things. It's a, I, I feel like this is the opponent that it's a confidence builder type of game. More guys than normal will get extra minutes. The rotation will be longer than normal. That short leash won't be used. That's Brent Axe's words, not ours. Short leash coach Jim Beheim, if you're listening right now. But you understand what I'm saying. Well, you want to see Buddy warm up that three. And really get going yeah. with that three. It hasn't been as hot as we like yet, but it's early, and uh, there's a growth curve, and he'll warm up, and hopefully those start really falling for him. And uh, I do have Coach Jim Beheim. By the way, I brought up Jesse Edwards for a reason, uh, but he, he's talking a little bit from the last game about his struggles. Both our centers have to play better. Um, Jesse was completely out quicked, got physical, out physical, and you know. He can't have that can't happen. You know, he said something about he's used to playing outside. Not too many seven footers play outside over here. You either get it done inside or we'll go in a different direction. We'll play three forwards. That's what I can see coming. Uh, I think Roberts played well in practice and we'll probably take a good look at that. Was that um how do I how do I phrase this? A statement, a stern warning to play the way I tell you, or perhaps we don't have to use the term short leash, but, uh, but ultimately, without that terminology, that's what Jim was saying with the Jalen Carey situation that got him a well that got Brent Axe a butt chewing by Coach Beheim last week. Well, I don't know that I would call it stern. I think Coach is just presenting the facts as they are and will be. He's the guy in charge. I, you know, I don't know how stern that was. I think he could be a lot more stern if he really wanted to be. That's just generally how Jim delivers his message. It's the way it is. You play this way or you're not going to play. I've got other guys that will and we'll make things work one way or the other. We'll tweak things. 
Bucknell, uh, I think an opponent that this team could really get a lot of guys going. And I think that's ultimately the plan. See, you can never say that he sugarcoats anything, though. Right. Does Jesse Edwards answer the bell on that and do what he's supposed to do? He'll get more minutes if he does. And the more he plays, the better he gets. And the better that helps the team overall. I think that trickle-down effect, it, it just works, Scoop. Well, yeah. Are you trying to get yourself in trouble with Coach by characterizing his statement as stern? No. I'm going to get <laughs> I'm very curious to see what happens now. Because you I, might be on a short leash yourself. If we're, I, I don't know, maybe Brent Axe's, um, Brent Axe's. Why are you picking fights with coach? Word gets a little bit more weight out there in the sports talk world than mine does, perhaps. I don't know if I have necessarily the credibility, <laughs> but we're going to find out on Tuesday. Uh, you'll be joining me on that call, so you're going to hear it too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, he already knows I'm a knucklehead, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm sorry if you get a, a stern warning for that word. Do you think he knows what Twitch is? <laughs> I think you did a good job in, in saying that he doesn't sugarcoat things. I think that would be a fair statement. And I will try to back off of Stern if he calls us on this and say, well, you just don't sugarcoat things, Coach Jim Beheim the honorable one Hall of Famer that knows more basketball than I do. And I just You're going to look like that Kid Yoda meme going around. I would just be grateful if you continue to call us on Tuesday so we can air a portion of that interview. Thank you very much. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say don't make him mad so he doesn't even call us. Yeah, I'm not going to do that at all. At all. So Syracuse Bucknell tomorrow obviously will be talked about quite a bit over the next day or so leading up until that noon tip-off. That is on the Brothers Station, by the way on K-Rock at 10.30 with pregame if you're looking for a place to listen to it due to other broadcasting obligations. That brings us not to football quite yet. That brings us to Coach Q. First of all, yeah. I, lo- I love the glasses. Very dapper guy. Uh, uh, just a fantastic dresser. Way out of my league as far as the threads that he wears. But he's friends with Oregon's coach. And I want you to lay this out, Scoop. This is a pretty entertaining little tidbit is they're playing the Ducks. Well, Kelly Graves, the Oregon Ducks, they're number one. They're coming into the Dome. They're going to play the the women orange, the lady orange, 4 p.m. at the Dome tomorrow, right? Sunday, and, yeah. Um, oh, yes, excuse me. And uh, last year when Coach Q went out there, he wore this blue velour track suit. It's velvet. It looked good. It was, you know, just kind of... Shiny and yeah. uh, sharp, and uh, K- Coach Kelly and Coach Q are friends, and I, they often exchange notes and talk basketball. And apparently, there was a call Wednesday night, I believe it was, where Coach Kelly's asking Coach Q, "Hey, what are you wearing uh, to the game on Sunday?" And trying to get him to, you know, maybe dress down because Coach Kelly doesn't. He doesn't have that suit game going on that Coach Q does. Coach Kelly is like the polo shirt guy. You know, he likes to dress down, maybe a little more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and, and Coach Q says, you know, hey, look, I, I'm not going to wear that blue velour track suit this time around because we lost. When I wore it out there last year, we lost. I'm not going to wear that. And so I don't blame him one bit. Look, he's rocking the suit game. And that is him. That is his style. It's his house, so he should do what he wants to do. So Coach Q is styling and profiling. Absolutely. I think that's a fair statement. Oregon women's basketball coach Kelly Graves prefers to wear polo shirts on the sidelines. Graves said Hillman's tracksuit and animated demeanor made quite the impression in Eugene, Oregon. He's a legend around here right now, Graves said. 
he looked real good. I think that's some some teasing in the press. Yeah, that's just that's just having a little fun. It's a razzing. Have a little bit of fun. That's that's razzing each other. That's uh, I don't know. It's gamesmanship. I don't even think it's at that level. It's just a couple of friends having fun, looking forward but, to a big game. Two really good teams. Number one versus number seventeen in the nation. As far as women's basketball, Coach Q has built a great program here. It's awesome. It's a big game, it and is. if you could get a win, it, that's huge. It really is. All right, football. Let's see. That's part three of our opening segment here on the Sports Hill Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Glue guy, scoop, rain, and one down, one to go. That was the headline by Cole Johnson. We're breaking this down. It's good to get back on the winning track, according to senior Mole Neal. It's been a long time. This is after the 49-6 win over Duke this past Saturday. Get this done. Win the season finale at home. Make yourself 500 at 6-6, six and six, right? Bowl eligible at that point. That's the goal. Can you imagine pulling that off after the stretch that this team had? That's just a testament to the guys in the locker room being together being led by Dino. And, and, and Dino just really not giving up on this team, believing in his message, selling his message, never losing this team during all the crap. I mean, there was a four- to five-week stretch over a month where it was not good. Everybody jumped off the bandwagon. Everybody flipped the basketball season. Coach Beheim, we mentioned it the other day, even called us out media, fans, Everybody in Orange Nation, the football team, no big deal. It's a big deal again. Well, they rallied around one another, and that's what they need to do. They have a chance. Louisville is going to be a much tougher opponent. Look, they've got... uh, So Louisville will be a stronger opponent than Duke? Yes. (laughs) Maybe a little. (laughs) Yes. Maybe a little bit better team. This is is a whole other challenge this week with the speed on this team. However... Their defense, I think, is an Achilles heel. You know, Tommy DeVito should be able to exploit that defense. Their defense ranks 103rd in the country in scoring uh, defense, allowing 32 points per game. We could maybe wind up in a shootout here. And if the Orange can get their offense going, maybe you see two teams score 35 each, 40 each, and it may take 40 to win the game. Can I correct myself from just a second ago when I said, you know, a month, five weeks was a long time? September 28th, the last actual win, that was against Holy Cross. I don't know, maybe that's why I had Holy Cross in my head when I was thinking basketball when we just got started today. But that's not even the last FCS win. The last time the Q's had one of those was December 28th, 2018, and they won 10 games last season. That's not this season. We have hope. We have a chance. We have a vested interest. Get six wins, maybe get a bowl. That will be a nice crowning achievement on a very tough season where, well, let's be honest, Q used to struggle at times. You can only win the games that are in front of you. We can't yeah. replay this yeah. last stretch of uh, abysmal results. We can't well, We can't worry about that. You, you only go forward from here. You know, it's the next game. Experts that you hear on this station, uh, by far experts as compared to us, Brent Axe says 38-30 for Louisville. Steve Bailey says Louisville 35, Syracuse 34. You're right in your point prediction, Scoop. That's where everybody else seems to be falling as far as this is concerned. Nate Mink says 34-31 for Louisville. Dennis Nett says 28-20 for Louisville. Syracuse is an 8.5-point underdog. 
I don't know, some people not expecting a win on this one. Let's uh, prove them wrong, Dino. That's all I have to say. We're going to take a break. Oh, we want to do that now? Yeah, let's give this away. Three-point chance. Now's your chance to shoot a three-pointer on the carrier dome floor and the opportunity to win $1,000. Be caller number five right now. The Burdick Toyota guest line is open at 437-7644. If that's you, you're registered for a chance to be our three-point shooter during the Syracuse-Iowa game on December 3rd. And if you're not our lucky caller, you can register by following our new Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Talk before the end of the show. We're waving at you if you're watching it now so you can see our ugly mugs. Now we'll take our break. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Weird sports interviews next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota basketball pregame. Join Seth Goldberg and Daddy Shays prior to SU Hoops games all season long. Of course, it's the Bucknell Bisons tomorrow for the Orange. You mean we're not playing Holy Cross? The football team is. Go figure. Basketball team is not playing the same school. Scoop? I, mean, I know you meant Louisville, but I just don't want people to hear yeah. hear that and, and know you're calling back to the previous segment. I We're playing uh, Liverpool Correct? A soccer team? That would be awesome. So the basketball team's playing Bucknell. Football team's playing Louisville on a Syracuse sports Saturday. And on Sunday, the women's team is playing Oregon, the Ducks. There we go. I got it together. It's all in front of me. Glasses are back on. Ready to go. ESPN, the Ocho. Even ESPN, the mothership, once a year, they, they kind of pay homage to that. It was created ultimately within the movie Dodgeball. And I don't know if you've seen it, where they yeah. they broadcast just the weirdest, most obscure, strange sports and sporting events. And it's one of those things where you're like, that's just dumb. And then it reels you in and you're like, I, I cannot believe I'm watching this. You know what I've gotten sucked into is those dock dogs that, that go running off the dock. Yeah. I've like those diving things. after the fake rabbit or whatever it is and they jump. For distance, it's like 25, 30 feet or long. It's crazy. I have got sucked into that. And next thing you know, I've watched 45 minutes of it. So you'll recall the evolution of the worldwide leader in sports and ESPN. What, 40 years ago when it started in Bristol, basically in a trailer with Berman and all the originals. And they would put snooker, billiards, and Australian rules football. Oh, that was great. Love that. It is so, the programming is just so different now as compared to what it was. So that brings me to this combination of that and ESPN, the Ocho, and just this rabbit hole I got sucked into on Twitter last night. Because I'm always trying to come up with things for us to talk about right here on the SportsZilla Show. I know you're always trying to do the same, and we like to occasionally think outside the box. We like to talk about the stuff that everybody's talking about, but occasionally we might veer off a little bit. So here we are, Scoop. And I found, and this is just, it's fantastic on so many levels. I'm going to start with billiards. And there is a a Japanese man, and yes, I have his name. No, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because it's really not that important to the conversation. Plus, he says it. In this interview, after he won a match to move on in a pool tournament that he was playing in, And he has a little bit of a grasp on English, but not much, but just enough. And this is what I call pure entertainment. I would like to know what you and the glue guy think. But we thought you'd won it a couple of racks before you did win it. Mm. 
My name is Naoki Oi. Today, very lucky. Congratulations, me! Yay! English, a little, no problem, only so. So, um, <laughs> so you had that shot to win it, and then you kind of recreated it for the crowd afterwards. When that shot didn't go in, did you think, I might have blown it here? Ah, uh, I have a pen. I have an apple. <laughs> oh, e apple pen. So, <laughs> kanji. I've not ever done an interview quite like this before, Naoki. Um, do you think you can win this tournament? Mm. Mm. Mm, no problem. <laughs> well, congratulations, you're through. Well- I, I love him. He did the Apple Pen thing. Did you notice that in there? It sounded like he said he had a pear. He said, I have a, oh, I have an apple. I have a pen. I have an Apple okay. Pen. Yeah. You remember? That? It was, uh, okay. what was that one song? Uh, it's like, I have a pear too. <laughs> No, I, I forget the name of the song, but... A partridge in a pear tree? No, no. I wasn't talking about that. Uh, what was it? Gang. There might be a partridge in that pear tree. We have hijacked this from, from Rain Man right now. Yes, you have. Apple it, Pen! Okay, go ahead. That was like his the answer song to whatever that... I can't think of the name of the song, but regardless... Was that the uh, Gangnam Style? Yes, that yeah. was the Gangnam okay. Style. So uh, after the success that. of that, this Apple Pen song was this viral thing a while ago. So he had quoted the lyrics of that in okay. that interview about billiards. It's even better if you watch it. But that's I love awkward, strange. Like he even said, that's just one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. And there you have it. You know what I also love? I also love foreign calls of football. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, They're just amazing. Of sp- Like, watch an NFL game in Spanish. Well, the Mexico City uh, last Thursday. Yeah. Was, there were some great calls from that game. They were all over Twitter. I watched about 50 of them. I, like, and all of them were great. Oh, they're better, way better than... You don't like Chris Collinsworth. You don't even have to understand. You don't have to be able to speak Spanish to realize it's better than what Chris Collinsworth is doing, potentially. Or if you don't like Joe Buck, that's a better option. But I also found for you... In along the lines of this, it's it's just it's so terrible. It's it's a car crash that you can't drive by and not rubberneck and take a look. That's what these types of interviews are. So I found an, a post rugby match interview that's even better than the last one. Okay, there's a bit of an accent in this, but you can clearly understand what he's trying to say, and you may have, may have even heard the analogy that he's trying to make, but he butchers it. Uh, it's he you'll just you'll see what i mean it doesn't quite okay. go where it was intended but this is that one was of, like breath of fresh air for me yesterday this is one of those thi- <laughs> yes yes a fresh of breath air yeah you, you struggled a bit i did this is one of those wait for it wait for it wait for it trust me when i tell you the very end wait for it here we go I wasn't hurting as much as the lads who were, who were out there, but I definitely felt it, and I know how how hard the boys have taken that. Um, be disappointed with the account that they that we put out, but uh, we got another week to to get back on the horse, you know, and take that horse to the water. And you can ask that horse, you can say, "Hey, horsey, do you want do you want to have a drink, or do you want to swim?" Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise what he wants to do in his life. And that horse at the moment wants to go out on Saturday he wants to clippity-clop all the way to the stoop and he wants to say hello to those fans and he goes and he goes I'm sorry about the result last week 
but I'm going to give a better performance here at home against Bath. He's a slightly Irish horse. Um, so we're looking forward to, like I say, getting back on that horse. And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse six months uh, since we lost, are you? I don't like horses. I can't ride. <laughs> I don't like horses. I can't ride. Um, he basically is trying to say he can't lead a horse to water, make him drink, that whole thing. But at, at the end of the day, he was impersonating the Irish horse that was trying to answer the question on his behalf about a rugby match. And he doesn't ride horses. He is the most interesting horse in the world. Isn't that weird? <laughs> but the point is, there's so many of those gems out there if you go look I mean, for this, them. That was like a horse biography we got there. Well, Lebetard show yesterday, we're big fan. We get the show. We're big fans of Lebetard. They had Sarah Spain, Mina Kimes, Dan Lebetard. It was highly questionable, actually, Correct. the television yes. show they do after they get off the radio. And they had Sarah Spain divulge that when she was a teenager, she won some award for her ability to do a, like impersonate a horse. Yes. So then they had Lebetard tried and he failed miserably. Then Mina Kimes attempted it. Then they went. That was even worse than Lebetard's, by the way, which was terrible. So then they go back to a, a second time, and Sarah Spain's was perfect, and Dan Lebetard's was once again not that good. And then what did Mina Kimes say for the, the second attempt? Nay, nay, <laughs> and she nailed it. <laughs> Uh, they're fantastic uh, on the radio. Yes, we get the show. And no, we are not going to impersonate horses on the SportsZilla show. Thank God. I will try on occasion to find more awkward ESPN, the Ocho-type related strange interviews for your entertainment. Especially, it just works on a Friday. Well, you know, the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo thing with Aaron Andrews was kind of a little bit different a few weeks ago, you know. Was he trying and to ask her out? That was kind of That was kind of funny. Well... What do you call her, baby? Yeah, I think he said babe, yeah. You know. It was flirtatious. Yeah, I don't know how her husband feels about that, though. Well, and I, I honestly think that Jimmy is just that guy who exudes that juice all the time. Ric Flair? Yeah, kind of, you know, he's just, he's that guy. No, I don't even think Ric Flair is that guy compared to Jimmy so, Garoppolo. He's way better. So I, I think Jimmy was just being Jimmy, and I don't think he was necessarily hitting on Aaron Andrews, but... Then her reaction she to was it like, was, oh, Jimmy. She was almost like cooing a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh, so you're interviewing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo of the 49ers, <laughs> are you today, Aaron? Well, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Her husband couldn't have liked that. No, not at all. That's awkward. It's an occupational hazard. She gets home. Do you think he asked about it? What are you doing there, um, Aaron? If he was smart, he did not. If he was smart, he said nothing. Because you don't want her to wash your underwear with spick and span. You don't want her to say, you know what? Um, Jimmy would like to go to dinner with me after Dancing with the Stars because I'm on that too. Yes, I know that. Yeah. Let's take our break. Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Some legit NFL talk next. It's the Sports Zilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Well, before we discuss who is starting at quarterback, which was breaking news for the Bears, the Bears versus the Giants, and... A couple of thoughts that I have about Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Uh, why don't we just quickly go over what happened last night on Thursday Night Football? Because then we're going to talk about Miles Garrett and the latest, because this is an ever-evolving story. And I don't want to get sucked into that, because that's going to that's gonna amp us up, I feel like. 
Matt, the glue guy up in here. Thank you for hooking me up with uh, the Saquon information that we're going to get to. Scoop is in here. My name is Rain. Hopkins had two touchdowns, a nice recovery for the Texans beating the Colts after being demolished by a similar-styled quarterback in Lamar Jackson and the Ravens the other day, which we had brought up yesterday. But they needed that win. It helps them out in their division in the AFC South. They beat the Colts. They needed that, buddy. Yeah, and I believe the Colts are now uh, eliminated from the the postseason with that loss. I I think I read that somewhere. I, I got into a heated conversation, not friendly, but heated about uh, Lamar Jackson last night at the bar. Crazy, I know. I was at a bar. Right? I was going to ask, was alcohol involved? But many beers were involved, <laughs> but it, it was that, this guy's the MVP, and I'm like, you're, wait, you're prisoners of the moment. Wait, were you fighting with the beer or somebody else? Uh, I was having a conversation with a gentleman that I was enjoying beers and shots of JMO. Was he wrong or was he right? Well, I say you can't name the MVP now. We got a lot of football left to play. I would agree with that, with and, and, or without beers. And we see this happen every year. Somebody gets on a tear, and then maybe they get injured, or somebody else comes on at the end of the season. You know, we're prisoners of the moment. We want to declare things, you know, as the manifesto. This is how it is. You know, after watching one game, one quarter. You know, and we just go too far. Prisoners of the moment. It's the it's Twitter culture. Sean Watson is pretty good. DeAndre Hopkins, pretty good. I thought they both looked good. They've given themselves a chance now with a 7-4 and four record. They're a streaky team. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They They get embarrassed by the Ravens, and then they come out with a victory last night against the Colts. It's almost like a different a different team all together played, yeah, against the Ravens. Like, who who are you guys? Where were you? And now, oh, look, you're back. T.Y. Hilton had 100 receiving yards, by the way, done that in four of his last six games. I don't think we see teams in general play consistently throughout the course of a season. I think we used to see that a lot more on the regular. I think teams try and aspire to have an identity like the Patriots where you kind of know what you're going to get from them every week. They're going to be good every week. But teams like Houston, all right, well, which Houston is it we get this week? Or which Baltimore is it we're going to get this week? Are we going to get MVP, crazy, awesome offense Baltimore? Or are we going to get uh, Baltimore versus the Browns Baltimore? Interesting to note for the Texans, Will Fuller, who, by the way, has fantastic hair. He had 140 yards and seven catches last night. He had missed the previous three games with a hamstring injury, maybe him not being in the lineup, it may have affected things for them in the Baltimore game. Didn't have an option. Sometimes that some teams don't have the ability to, to, to game plan differently and next man up. Some teams don't have the depth to recover from injuries to key guys. It's like, we've got this guy for, you know, this, uh, our deep threat. We've got our slot receiver. We've got our running back. We've got our offensive line, yet there's nobody behind them. Other teams have that depth or, for some reason, the ability to coach anybody up like Bill Belichick and the Patriots and always seem to be an elite team for 19 straight years. But it doesn't bother me, Matt, at all. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. But most most other teams... Hey, you at least got two Super Bowl victories over the Patriots, so you have nothing to complain Complain about with your Giants. Have you have you seen how bad they've been for the past five or six years? 
Two but, Super Bowl victories, though. Needless to say, not not every team has that depth, and that might have been something. I'm speculating here. I mean, it's just my theory. You can agree or disagree. That might have had something to it. There's other factors. Clearly, that's not the only thing. Or it was just every team's going to have a clunker every year. Very rarely do you see a team go undefeated. Oh, I'm sorry, you haven't since the Dolphins. Yeah, I just think with the league being the size that it is today, as opposed to years ago, there's so many more players. And I just think they they struggle, these teams, to be consistent week in and week out. I think the best franchises are, are able to attain that. But I think a lot of NFL franchises today, you can see a wildly different team from one week to the next. Look at the Jets. Look at the Dolphins. Go figure. Yeah, they, and their, the Jets' victories were against, on paper, some decent teams. For those of you listening, you wouldn't realize this, but the glue guy, Matt, threw his arms up when I when I name-dropped the Miami Dolphins for being undefeated. Because the fact of the matter is, wait a minute, the Patriots weren't undefeated that year because they did end up losing a game. They did. They don't have a zero at the end of their record from a few years ago. They don't. And if you were on twitch.tv slash Talk, you may have seen that and wondered what that was about. So now everybody listening knows. Scoop. Let's talk about the Giants, though, Saquon, and the information that I, I, I collected real quick, and Matt just went out there to that printer and brought it back in so everybody could see what I'm talking about. But anybody that has watched the the Giants since Saquon Barkley returned knows with certainty the run blocking is 90% of the reason for his struggles. He is also not really a great fit for the inside zone scheme that Shermer relies on but I've never analyzed worse run blocking. That's exactly, well, okay, it paraphrases what I said, I think it was two or three days ago when you guys were poking me and trolling me and and teasing me about Daniel Jones and the Giants. And that's exactly what I said. That's what I've noticed as well. It's not just me. So you could tease me about that, but that's a problem. They're not using Saquon Barkley the right way. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who said that blocking was terrible. Yeah. So get off your high horse. Play that clip again about the horse, and we'll be okay. <laughs> no, I got rid of that. I, I, got, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do that because then we would have started impersonating horses, and nobody wanted to do that. Shermer gets whacked. Then is what you're saying? Yeah, that's it, it's honestly what I believe. I believe he is not properly using one of the biggest weapons in the National Football League because he is that good. It's not. This is not a facade. Small sample size. I don't want to hear that crap. Just look. Just watch. He is that good. The ability to break off huge runs on with a mediocre at best offensive line. If they did anything to secure space for him to run into, he'll take care of the rest at that point. But he can't get off the line. It's just it's a car crash up there, and he can't get through it. That's the problem. Everything I said. I think my words the other day were everything's up the gut with him, and it is. He's just, he's calling, he's not calling the right plays for him. He's not putting him in places to succeed. That is on the coaching staff from the head coach, the offensive coordinator. It's their fault. Ultimately, he has the ability. And if they call the right plays and, and mix the plays the right way, you still have to throw the ball, obviously, as part of this to create some of that space. But if they do those things, you'll get the numbers you expect out of Saquon Barkley. So can I talk about New York's only team for a second here? Oh, here we go with the Bills. Frank Gore is 49, 46 yards away from passing Barry Sanders 
on the all-time rushing Yeah, line. he's amazing, isn't he? So he will be behind Walter Payton and Emmett Smith at that point. How does he not get discussed with his longevity, first of all? To Hall of Fame? Because oh, he's in Buffalo. Without question, yeah, he's it's in Buffalo. It's because he's in Buffalo. And, and he they, was with Indianapolis for the longest time, yeah. behind Peyton Manning. A more marquee or larger market, and you'd hear his name more, because he's starting to rack up some numbers that are starting to jump off a page at you. Let's just read this real quick, 30 seconds. This is in relation to Miles Garrett and the suspension being upheld from GM John Dorsey of the Cleveland Browns. Scoop's going to react because that is his team. As we've consistently stated, our organizational support for Miles will continue. He is a man of high character and unquestionable integrity. He was open and honest with us about the incident from the start. He has taken accountability for his actions on Thursday night, and this situation will not define him. As an organization, our focus going forward remains on the task at hand, which is preparing for the Miami Dolphins. That, of course, surrounded by accusations of something terrible being said on the field. And this is a still developing story. He said, she said, there's no evidence of this. There's evidence of that. I didn't want the allegations to be made public. Yeah, I think that's interesting that Miles is saying he thought he was in the NFL League office and that this was information that was not going to be shared or made public, which... You know, kind of uh, cast that light on the league office as not being trustworthy, which we kind of got a vibe from the whole Colin Kaepernick situation that he doesn't trust them. And I'm thinking maybe Miles is thinking lawsuit at some point in time with regards to this. And then you had told me that uh, Mike Greenberg said this morning that, well, they went through all the microphones on yep. the field, and they couldn't find any evidence that anything like that was said. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't said. They cannot cover every square inch and every utterance with microphones on that field. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. doesn't mean it did. Scoop, Miles Garrett tweeted last night, I know what I heard, whether my opponent's comment was born out of frustration or ignorance, I cannot say, but his actions do not excuse my lack of restraint in the moment. I truly regret the impact this has had on the league, the Browns, and our devoted fans. Hold on. I think we're extremely late. We're getting the signal from the glue guy. Miles may not play again. Miles may walk away from the game. He may not play another down as a Cleveland Brown. We'll pick it up right after this short break. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. The Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW Basketball Post Game. Join Seth Everett after SU Hoops games all season long. And you can also hear Jim Beheim's press conference tomorrow. The Bucknell Bisons and the Orange. You know, Carmelo kind of turned around and showed and proved a little bit, even though they lost to the Bucks. How's it? Ante Tukumpo. Ante Tukumpo. Do it again. Ante Tukumpo. Ante Tukumpo. I have to say it like that. It's the only way I can do it. Ante Tukumpo. It's got to be like a game, like almost like I have an accent or something. He had 24 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. Is that all he did in that game? He is amazing also. Conversation for best player in the game. He's in that for sure. MVP. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard right now may have ascended to the throne. I don't know. LeBron is fighting pretty hard to keep that as the GOAT right now. James Harden is averaging 39 points. Like 10 more than anybody else in the league. Nine more points, something like that. But it just... But I, I just feel like his stats are just over 
overwhelmingly stupid. Does he play team basketball? No, at all. It's me, me, me. Everyone yelled at Mello for playing iso ball. He is the poster child for it in 2019. I mean, his skills are amazing. But then LeBron James, look at the evolution of his game now, his age 35 season. He's leading the league by like three assists per game. I think second place overall is like eight and change, and he's averaging over 11 assists a game. He's still dropping about 25 a game, too. I, I saw some interesting stats on that this morning. LeBron is still in that conversation. I'm not, maybe Kawhi's a step ahead of him now, and it's part of his age, too. There's a big difference in the NBA between 29, 28, and 34, 35. He also actually has talent on the team. Yeah, well, for sure. That definitely makes it easier when you have somebody like Anthony Davis to throw the ball to and Kuzma, who has gotten a lot better from his, his he's progressed in his career second season. Now he's healthy and everything like that. I just don't think Harden plays enough defense, and I, I would have never voted enough, him. Any. I, don't, I would have never voted him MVP in the first place. You know, for so many years, the MVP was it was the anybody but LeBron MVP. It was a joke. Now, I mean, I actually think there are other guys you got to consider. Yeah. Giannis. I, yeah. Kawhi. I just like to see us prove our friend Seth Greenberg wrong. Mellow still got game. The Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Back on our leash on the block with Brent X next.